And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, November the 2nd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On November 2nd, 1783, General George Washington issued his farewell address to the Army. He was giving them that address near Princeton, New Jersey. Today in 17, uh, 1976, former Governor, Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter, he became the first candidate from the Deep South since the Civil War to be elected president as he defeated incumbent Gerald Ford. Today in 2003 in Iraq, insurgents shot down a Chinook, Chinook helicopter carrying about a dozen, several dozen, I guess, of U.S. soldiers. Sixteen of them were killed. I think there was a movie or a documentary made about that. Today in 2004, President George W. Bush was elected to a second term. Associated Press is right in their article today about some things that happened in history. There's a number of things that we're not mentioning here, but this caught my eye, and i got to just share it with you. Here's how they framed one year ago or two years ago today in 2020, Associated Press. They're telling their readers this, and I quote AP. In the closing hours of the presidential campaign, President Donald Trump today in 2020, President Donald Trump charged across the nation delivering an incendiary but false allegation that the election was rigged. While Democrat Joe Biden calmly <laughs> calmly claimed states that were once seen as safely Republican. You tell me if the news is biased. Of course, it, we all know that. Anyway, that's the, that's the take of Associated Press on that issue. Today, two years ago, five years ago today, Twitter reported that a customer support worker who was on his or her last day on the job had deactivated President Donald Trump's Twitter account for a few minutes, resulting in an error message that the user does not exist. Interesting, I think the left kind of generally feels that way about Christians and conservatives. They just want to pretend like we don't exist. And if we remain silent on the issues in the culture, we won't exist in their minds and in the minds of people who are searching for truth. That's why it's so important that we live our lives, that we speak the truth. And in my case, I'm trying to do what I feel the Lord has led me to do and speak the truth through a microphone to as many people as possible who will listen. I want to thank all of you who support this ministry. It is deeply appreciated. I, I personally feel that you are with me on this, those of you who support it. You are as much a part of this as I am, and I am fully aware of that. So thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I mentioned yesterday, I'll mention in passing again today, not that it's not important, but I'm just not going to dwell on the budget on this program. We never have, and we're not going to now. But we were about $4,800 short of budget last month. So if you can help us with that, thank you. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Psalm 89 says... I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. 
For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever, the faithfulness shall shalt thou establish in the very heavens. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. God is faithful, and God is in control. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Keep that in mind as we tread through some of the most horrible times in American history, culturally speaking, economically speaking, probably as far as foreign threats. They're looking at America as weak and confused. But as we tread through all of this, it's like walking through mud knee-deep. God is faithful, and he will continue to be faithful. President Biden claimed the other day, a couple of days ago, he claimed there are 54 states in America. He did. He's the president of the United States. He, he, perhaps he thinks he'll be more presidential if he has more states. I don't know. But President Joe Biden has once again become the center point of discussion after claiming at a campaign rally in Pennsylvania the other day that there are 54 states in the United States, despite the fact that, well, Need we say it, 50? Biden made the bizarre miscue while speaking at this rally. He was uh, there to support candidate John Fetterman. This is not funny, but I can't hardly not laugh. He was there to, to support candidate John Fetterman, who cannot communicate. He had a stroke. And the Lord knows we all are vulnerable. Our health is vulnerable. I mean, as things, the days go by and so on. But man, this guy's he can't communicate, this John Fetterman. I mean, he, he can't speak. And I feel sorry for him. I mean, I do, sincerely. But should he be running for the Senate? I, I mean, I guess in the culture where a Joe Biden is president, I guess it's okay. But anyway, President Biden is there campaigning for candidate John Fetterman, who has a very, if you've seen him on video or on the news or anything, and they're protecting him. They're keeping him out, much like they protect the president, Biden. This John Fetterman, he's running against uh, Dr. Oz, and or Dr. Oz is running against him. The, Fetterman is the incumbent, and he had this stroke a while back, and it's really impaired his cognitive abilities. But he's running anyway. So Biden is there campaigning for him. You get the picture. And while describing how Democrats have worked on improving health care by defending the Affordable Care Act, that's Obamacare, from being replaced, Biden told the people at the event with a very strong, almost, you know, shouting voice. He said, Democrats have campaigned in all 54 states to prevent the federal statute from being dismantled. Talking about Obamacare. Whew. 54 states. He's the president of more states than any president in the history of our nation. All 54 of them. <laughs> Just forgive me. I, Man, how did we get to this point? We got to this point by rejecting reality and that God created nature and is all truth. I found an interesting uh, letter was passed to me yesterday. Um it's from Doug Clay. He's the 
uh, kind of a general superintendent or the head of the Assemblies of God Churches uh, organization, denomination. He sent this letter to the pastors. There are a lot of churches across the, across the nation. I want to read this because the, uh, he and those pastors have not been particularly outspoken about cult, uh, cultural issues. And let me share this with you. It just takes a couple of minutes, but I, it's worth reading because this went out to, I don't know how many, but thousands of pastors. I'll read it verbatim. Here's what he said to these pastors that, are, that he's the leader of. The battle for the heart, mind, soul, and future of our children is real. Many of us could never have imagined, imagined how quickly and aggressively the transgender revolution would target our children. My heart is broken. I was absolutely stunned and deeply alarmed to watch an interview given by a TikTok artist, a biological male who is identifying himself as a girl. The interview was with the President of the United States. Well, if that sounds familiar, I'll digress for a moment. Uh, we talked about that on this program last week uh, when it happened. That's what he's responding to now. Apparently, someone made him aware of it or he saw it himself. Back to what he's saying in his letter to all of the Assemblies of God pastors. He said the event was known as the Now This Presidential Forum. The forum was upsetting on many levels, but what disturbed me most was the congratulatory manner in which the president affirmed the interviewer's general tra gender transition along with his suggestion that the reason why people are not supportive of transgender ideology is because more exposure to the ideology is needed. More exposure to the ideology is needed. That's exactly what Biden said. We said that last week. I continue. It's important to be reminded that God loves all people and we are all created in his image. In fact, the Bible tells us in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. <clears throat> Excuse me. This should help frame any compassionate response to individuals struggling with gender dysphoria. However, he says, to advocate and celebrate a twisted plan of human sexuality that deviates from his divine design is not healthy. Researcher Jason Thacker of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission says, Our culture is at an interesting crossroads today, representing an especially crucial moment for our kids and families. On one hand, our society champions complete moral autonomy under the guise of throwing off all moral boundaries and pursuing our own versions of realities at all costs. On the other hand, we all recognize that truth cannot actually be relative and that our moral choices have profound consequences for us and our society. We may seek to deny objective moral truths in the name of liberation and revolution, but these false notions of reality will not and cannot last. To say that the American public needs more exposure to trans ideology in our daily lives is disturbing. God help us. We are witnessing numerous school districts that have policies to not inform parents when children uh, begin identifying as another gender, change their name to another gender, or switch their pronouns. Additionally, in some cases, doctors have been given the choice between performing gender transition surgeries on minors or losing their careers. This is horrifying. That's why I'm urgently calling on Assemblies of God ministers, churches, and congregants to pray for our children. I wish he would have gone one more step and called on the pastors to speak the truth from the pulpits. Not that they aren't, but I wish he would have done that. But I am thankful, and that was passed to me 
the idea that we would put it out to whomever listens to this program because it's important it's important that that pastors get what this leader is saying to the pastors the pastors and the people of god and the voices who represent the kingdom of god on this earth and that is the voices of the believers and pastors particularly have a larger voice because they speak to a congregation and sometimes through media to millions on like christian radio we've got to speak the truth to the culture no matter how uncomfortable it is i don't like talking about some of the things i talk about on this program i hate it i mean i don't want to live it 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 makes you feel like you want to go take a shower or something but if we don't address this there is no one else who will if the people of god don't do this so i'm thankful that this voice, this leader, is saying what he's saying to all of the pastors that report to him or are under him in, the, in that structure. We are in a time when we are throwing away, we are casting aside reality. A recent poll that's it's revealed our growing majority of young adults believe that there's no absolute truth, but rather that each individual determines his or her own truth. Well, we kind of know that already. But the poll was conducted two weeks ago by McLaughlin and Associates for Summit Ministries. I've talked about Summit Ministries before because I sent my son there three different summers. Dr. David Noble has was the founder of that, and it's, it's in uh, Manitou Springs, just above uh, Colorado Springs. If you're going up into the mountains, the next little town is Manitou. It's an old town. It used to be kind of a resort town. But anyway, that's where they operate out of, or they did when my son was going there. He went there, I think, three different summers. But anyway, it's uh, Jim Dobson had told me about it. He sent his son there. And um, they they teach kids conservative biblical worldview. And it's very, very good. So they, they're the ones that, that did this summit now. I think there's uh, someone new. David Noble is still very active but I'm not sure he's still running this, but he's the founder of it and on the board and so on. But anyway, the, this, um, this poll, this survey came back, and it revealed that among people 18 to 29, this was just two weeks ago, 18 to 29, 42% said that there is absolute truth, while 55%, this is between 18 and 29 years old, 55% said that each individual determines their own version of truth. This result differs from older age brackets. In other words, the older, and I won't go through all the numbers, but the older the person is, that the respondent, the more they feel that there there is absolute truth or believe that there is absolute truth. For example, the ages 30 to 40, 50% said there is absolute truth. And then you get down the, or up, whichever way you want to look at it, up is feels a little better but when you get when you get to those uh 55 to 60 64 percent and over 65 it's still more so the older people get the more they believe there's fixed truth it's because they get smarter we know we're smarter than the younger people i mean we all know that right yes we do there was a split also seen between those who identified their political party, Republican and Democrat. 62% of Republicans say there's absolute truth. 49% of Democrats say there's absolute truth. 70% of Americans agree with this statement, while 16% said no, and 14% said they have no idea. 
A majority of Americans uh, believe, this is the statement, a majority of parents that, uh, believe there is absolute truth. So you, you, you just find people are kind of all over the place on this issue of truth. But this, the new uh, president of, of Summit, this Dr. Jeff Myers, whom I, I don't know him, but anyway, he's kind of taken over the leadership of it. He said, quote, the loss of truth has grave consequences for community, justice, a sense of purpose, and mental health. I'm not aware of any civilization that has abandoned reality to this extent and survived. The good news is that Americans still ha- ho- uh, hold out health. Each person can make a difference. If there was ever a time to stand for truth, it's now. That is very true. If there is a time to stand for truth, it is now. And there is indeed a time to stand for truth. This coming election day, next Tuesday, and I, I realize it, there is no real election day. It's the time we count our votes. But, which it should not be that way, ex- with, only with exceptions. But this is a time for Christians to make their voices heard. Millions of Americans have been praying for righteousness this election season. It's now time for them to take the next step and vote. John Hancock said this, wisely so. He said, I conjure, it means, that means urge in old English, I urge you by all that is dear, by all that is honorable, by all that is sacred, not only that ye pray, but that ye act. <laughs> For a Christian vote is not a right, it's a duty. So make sure and vote this election. Charles Finney, the great Presbyterian pastor, educator, evangelist, he said this, he said, The time has come that Christians must vote for honest men and take consistent ground in politics, or the Lord will curse them. I don't have to explain that, but that's what he said. I think we need to take this coming election very, very seriously and prayerfully. Portland Public Schools has launched a war against gender binary and adopted a new curriculum teaching students K through fifth grade how to subvert sexuality of white colonizers. Our founding fathers, John Hancock and the rest of that group, were white colonizers And the Portland School District is saying we must begin exploring the infinite gender spectrum. So not only were the white colonizers who came here to build this great country under God, not only were they and are they a problem and should be rejected, but God himself, who says he created male and female, was not telling the truth. And so he too must be addressed. There is an infinite gender of spectrum. There is not just male and female. This are, these aren't just words. These aren't some professor with a small group under an oak tree somewhere on Harvard campus talking about it. This is a school district in a somewhat major city. And it's not only in Portland. I'm specifically talking about Portland because Chris Rufo has done some study on it, and I'm going to be quoting him. But it's across the nation. That's what's wrong in America today. We are teaching absolute lies to our children under the guise of education, and a good part of them are growing up believing it because there's no alternative, no actual truth, God's truth, righteous truth, being shared with them. Too many pastors are silent. Too many parents are afraid 
They're afraid of their kids. They're afraid to stand up to their own kids and talk to them out of love and say, honey, you're not going to do this. You're not multiple genders. I want to help you. We're going to talk this thing through. I love you. Hug, hug. But you're not going to go down this path because I love you too much. Parents are afraid to do that, too many of them. Or they just get angry, and that doesn't help. That's not constructive. Chris Rufo, Rufo is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He's a contributing editor to City Journal. He's written an in-depth and a fully sourced article defining just how low public education has fallen in Portland and across the nation. Rufo has obtained a bunch of documents from parents and from a source inside Portland Public Schools in the district office that exposes the nature of the curriculum. I've linked to that those sources in an article that I wrote on our website, faithandfreedom.us. The lessons seek to turn the principles of academic queer theory into this identity formation program for elementary school students. It's been adopted in many of the districts, K-5 through classrooms, K-5, through kindergarten. A child is learning basic stuff about life, and they're baptizing them in this cesspool. The premise is simple. It's racist. It's barbaric in my mind. The privileged white heterosexuals have created an oppressive gender system to or, in order to dominate racial and sexual minorities. As the curriculum explains, quote, gender is colonized. The materials for these K through fifth grade says Western societies have used language to erase alternative sexualities. When white European people colonized different places, they brought their own ideas about gender and sexuality, the curriculum reads. When the United States was colonized by white settlers, their views around gender were forced upon the people already living here. Yeah, I suppose the Indians that were living here, Pocahontas and all those whatever guys, they probably were all into multiple genders. They were closer to the truth than these guys are by a long shot. When the United States was colonized by white settlers, their views around gender were forced upon the people already living here. Hundreds of years later, this curriculum says, hundreds of years later, how we think and talk about gender are still impacted by this shift. Rufo reached out to the Portland Public Schools in particular for comment on this. He got this response, and this is what you would expect. Quote, we make certain that our curriculum is LGBTQ plus inclusive for students who identify as transgender, gender nonconforming, gender queer, queer to create a safe and inclusive environment for all of our students. But that's a lie because they're not creating a safe and inclusive environment for all of our students. Most of their students don't believe that until they're indoctrinated. So that's, that's an absolute lie right in the face of parents and citizens, and taxpayers. The curriculum begins in kindergarten with an anatomy lesson featuring graphic drawings. And I, I'm hesitant to say this, but parents, you're, you're fifth grader, your kindergarten are being taught this. Honest. Not only in Portland, but across the country. It's in Seattle. It's elsewhere. The curriculum begins in kindergarten with this anatomy Lesson featuring graphic drawings of children's genitalia. 
the lesson avoids the terms boy and girl in favor of gender-neutral variants, person with a penis or person with a vulva, because according to the curriculum, some girls can have penises, some boys can have vulvas. Any gender and kid can have any type of body. This is in the curriculum. If you confront them, they'll say no. They'll answer just like this district did to Chris when he asked them. In the first and second grade, students are introduced to the key tenets of the gender identity theory. This is right out of the materials. Gender is something adults came up with to sort people into groups, the curriculum says. Many people think there are only two genders, boys and girls, but this is not true. There are many ways to be a boy, a girl, both or neither. Gender identity is about how you feel about yourself inside. Next, students work through a lesson called Our Names, Genders, and Pronouns. The lesson tells them that the gender is like outer space because there are so many ways to be different genders. It's like the stars in the sky. So they go through all this stuff. By third grade, students begin their indoctrination to become activists to convert their peers. I am not making this up. I am not overstating. In the third through fifth grade, the district begins lessons on LGBTQIA2S plus activism. The curriculum presents the categories of man and woman as manifestations of the dominant culture that has used sexual norms to oppress minorities. The culture systems, assumptions that everyone is straight is called... um, Heteronormative. The culture systems and assumptions that everyone is cisgender is called cisnormative. The curriculum, this is all in the curriculum, man. Therefore, the culture systems and assumptions that everyone is straight and cis is called cisnormativity. Uh, uh, cisnormativity. Fifth graders. This system, according to the lesson plan, is a form of oppression designed to benefit white, straight, cis boys and to punish the LGBTQIA2S plus people. It's like a cult, and they have a cult-like commitment. The kids in the fifth grade, at the end of that curriculum, at the end of, toward the end of their fifth grade year, they are asked to sign off and agree to these commitments. Number one, I commit to learning more about the LGBTQ blah, 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 words mean, what the words mean and how they have changed over time. Number two, I commit to learning about the history and leadership of black trans women. Number three, I commit to practicing pronouns and correcting myself every time. Number four, I commit to attending a QSA and GSA and being a leader at my school. Number five, I commit to watching and reading books movies, and watching TV shows that have LGBTQIA plus characters. In other words, they commit to becoming political activists for queer theory and broader sexual revolution. That's what's happening to your child in public education. You need to know about it. I'll see you tomorrow.